Welcome to Other Than Sports. Each episode features a unique guest who shares lessons learned through sport, their career path, where they are now, and what they're excited about for the future. You'll hear perspectives and examples that inspire and show that regardless of where you are on your own journey, you're not alone. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Other Than Sports. Uh, David, Joe, and Chris here, and, and today we're going to spend our time uh, interviewing, talking uh, with one of our co-hosts, Joseph Lebanski, who uh, he's about a little over seven years into his career, split between uh, New York and, and now Philadelphia. He spent all of his time in debt capital markets across three different banks, uh, so really knowledgeable within the finance industry. Again, uh, moved back to Philly, where he grew up, close to where he grew up. Uh, like, what is it, a little over a year ago, Joe? Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, and, uh, and, and just recently celebrated his five-year wedding anniversary. So he's got, he's got a lot going on. Um, but, and, you know, quick intro, uh, excited for the time today. I think, you know, we're really going to have some, some great conversations, some great dialogue. And, and with that, just wanted to jump in. You know, Joe, I'd be curious, you know, you've spent all of your career and and DCM. I'm curious how you thought about that transition from college to the working world, kind of right off the bat, you know, and and really digging into what were you looking for at the start and how does, how does that differ to what you look for now, uh, given, given your time and your, and your professional career? Thanks, David. Um, yeah, I was actually somewhat thinking, uh, you know, just in preparation before this, just thinking about that potential type question. Um, yeah, and in terms of career backdrop too, just going back to college, you know, I started in the finance world um, as a summer analyst at Credit Suisse in the summer of 2014. Uh, before, you know, leading up to that, uh, doing a lot of the groundwork in terms of, you know, David and I would go to all those events and, you know, handing out resumes and, you know, asking the questions. Um, but in, you know, what I tell, you know, those like younger folks that talk to me about, you know, their own careers and questions they ask me, but, you know, I, I cast a pretty wide net. It wasn't necessarily, I was sold on the finance world at that time. Um, Nobody in my family is from finance. You know, my dad's in sales. My mom's a nurse. Uh, There's never a moment where I thought this was would be the you know my career. So I applied to. I, I had a list at one point of word doc. I applied to over 150 different positions across the country, um, ranging from corporate finance in Disney, uh, corporate finance for uh, Adidas, um, Nike you know, all kind of across the country. Um, and then obviously uh, a large portion too, and finance, some consulting, uh, you, people would always tell me, uh, you probably in the finance world, you probably lean towards sales and trading because of your personality and your, your connection with people and relationships. But in all honesty, I didn't know what any of those things were, you know, especially at, at Yale, you know, we were a liberal arts school, so there was no traditional finance background. It's tough to understand exactly what went on and not having anyone personally connected with, you know, it's tough to truly understand what the finance world had to offer. Uh, so I was 
really just looking for a foot in the door and to go from there. Luckily, stumbled into debt capital markets, um, you know, getting a final offer at Credit Suisse. They, you know, asked if I wanted to interview for this capital markets position, which was, the, as they described, a, a balance or a mix of uh, sales and trading and traditional investment banking. And, you know, again, I, I had no idea what it meant. So I said, sure. And I stumbled into debt capital markets because two swim guys older than me that interned at CS said that the coolest people work in <laughs> capital markets. So, I mean... I, again, I, I, you know, I, I hate to say I kind of stumbled into it because it's, but it's just, it's true. Um, again, luckily I ended up working in a field that is interesting to me, um, and was very applicable to the economics degree. I was also gaining at the same time. Um, but most importantly, the people were actually great. Uh, I'm a huge people person. Uh, you know, you have to work with these folks for 10, 12 hours a day. And to have those relationships at the office is, was paramount to me um, in terms of, you know, where I wanted to ultimately choose to work. So uh, that was certainly a guiding light uh, at, at the onset. Joe, uh, maybe it's a question for me. Maybe other people are thinking it. What the hell is debt capital markets? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's um, debt capital markets. Um it's interesting because each bank has their own definition of what constitutes debt capital markets at each bank I've worked at. It's been a different mix, but I have in its essence, it is helping large corporates um, raise their debt capital, a, a kind of, and that could be uh, a bank loan. Um, what I work with has been bonds. So, you know, some type of secure debt product and, selling that out to an investor community for very large companies. So think hundreds of millions of dollars being raised at a time versus the way it's all, you know, the basic ways like your mom and dad or any you know, parents, um, siblings, whatever, you know, you, or yourselves, you go to a bank and you take out a loan for a, a house or just a personal loan. It's very similar, just on a much larger scale is as simple as it, as it can be put. Got it. That's a good definition. Thank you. Uh, you, you mentioned that, you went to events, uh, you cast a wide net of 150 companies or roles or applications. How many did you positively hear back from? Yeah, I mean, that's, that was a, and that's why I always tell kids, you know, kids to, to cast a wide net because I didn't hear back from everybody. Uh, even going, being, you know, at a, an institution like Yale, you would think it's kind of automatic, but it, it really wasn't. Um, I would say I probably heard back from half of those positions. And I would say it's positions. I, I don't know the exact company, call it maybe 70 companies, but I would apply to multiple positions at companies. Um, because again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Maybe I, you know, I applied to the marketing stuff at Nike um, in addition to, you know, FP&A. Uh, so just kind of trying to get, again, get my foot in the door because I, I didn't come from a family that had connections upon connections. It was, you know, certainly on me to to develop those relationships and to use what I had and leverage it. But yeah, I'd say about 50%. And then that whittled down after first round interviews to 30, uh, you know, getting, and then final round interviews, probably 15. And ultimately I probably had five or six offers to, to mm. take jobs, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, mostly again, the sales and trading stuff, um, a couple of traditional investment banking positions, but I, I knew that was something I didn't want to get into. 
and then yeah, landed in kind of the capital markets role, um, which I've been doing ever since. I think five out of one fifty was uh, my hits yeah. at bats uh, my junior year. So. <laughs> That's tough. Would you like going back? Would you have done it any different? Like, do you think you could have been more efficient or effective in any way? Um, no, I don't. I think I actually did. I, I, I would continue to recommend. Yeah. I think that was the right way to go about it because at least for, for someone in my position, I, I mean, granted, maybe some kids truly do know what they want to do. I, I didn't, um, you know, and I think that's the, that's the, that's the advice I would give is use college as much as you possibly can your advantage in terms of exploring careers, because I, I, I you know, I interned with kid, you know, kids who, who did that and then ended up not wanting to go into finance and instead, or did something finance related, like going into VC early, um, going out to, you know, a startup out in California. So it's a great way to say, Hey, like to dip your toe and to say, okay, I, I this is not something that's of interest to me. Well, you, you know, you clearly landed in the right spot, just given you've kind of stayed in this role, this profession, the entirety of your professional career. I think one thing that I'd be curious to hear about is, you know, now that you're, you're a so-called expert in the field, uh, what, what were some of the you know, biggest misperceptions now looking back on it that you might have had going in? And, you know, what are some of those experiences or um, things that you never expected when you were first starting out that have really played out? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the biggest thing, and it's uh, it's probably something a lot of kids or, you know, at least younger professionals probably don't want to hear. Um, you can't learn this stuff in a textbook. You know, it's not, uh, you know, there are finance textbooks, there's finance classes, business classes, business majors, but I don't think if I was a finance major in undergrad, I necessarily would have been more prepared for my job than if I stayed in the economics where I had, or if I did art history or, or bio, you know, there's certainly people that I've worked with who were not traditional finance backgrounds. And I know at Credit Suisse, that was, a, that was something we actually targeted was non-traditional um, degrees because, you know, just diversifies the, the thought pool uh, a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hands-on job. You just have to be in it. Uh, again, you can definitely know, I mean, I know, uh, you know, throwing myself under the bus, but like the accounting, uh, you had to take these tests in your training program and the accounting to, to test, I initially failed. I had to go to this extra weekend class to, to learn more about accounting with, I don't know, there's probably 300 of us and there's probably 12 of us that had to go to this extra accounting uh, seminar over the weekend. And yeah, I mean, so, you know, I didn't know stuff. So obviously going into it, you probably have an advantage by being an accounting major, but that obviously didn't hurt me long-term because, you know, I was promoted earlier than most folks in my industry um, and have been, you know, I would say rather successful so far in it. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that was the biggest thing is I, I don't think, you know, I think I felt comparing myself to others in, in that room that first week, you know, even similar to the first days of college feeling inadequate in terms of what I knew at that point, but I don't think that is necessarily needed. And again, that's a good and a bad thing for the kids that are <laughs> the people listening who think that you need to know it. Uh, you know, they might feel like they need to switch their degree, but I would say, you know, 
go and learn what you want. I mean, again, you need to know stuff, especially in the interviews. You can't go into an interview and not know anything about finance. You know, you need to demonstrate that you can do the job and that you that you have a, a real interest in that in that career path. But it doesn't mean you need to major in that necessarily and then limit yourself uh, in terms of options. You, you, I really appreciate you bringing up the point about uh, failing the accounting section. I'm sure that's that's not fun, but I, I'm like trying to put myself in your shoes for a second, right? You're just starting your career. You have 300 probably very high achieving individuals in your quote unquote class at Credit Suisse, which is a very well-known bank and you fail this thing. So like, what does that do to imposter syndrome you probably had anyways? And do you think your sports career, playing sports and experiencing failure helped you kind of bounce back and just get through that? Yeah, uh, I think it definitely did. Um, I think, you know, being an athlete, we've always, we're at least, I think, slightly hardwired in a lot of ways to, to outwork the competition. Um, so I didn't take the account, and I know it probably sounds cheesy or, or made up, but I really didn't take that failure as necessarily, oh, I'm done for. Uh, I kind of understood that, listen, I'm not there yet. I need this extra training. I didn't feel, I actually almost was excited to get the extra training because in a lot of ways, if I had passed that test, it would have been just pure luck. <laughs> it wouldn't have been necessarily, I knew what was happening. Um, so I think that did help. And yeah, I mean, I think during the entire training, like stuff for like the series tests, you know, I was the one that, you know, I had read the entire textbook before I even showed up to training and every, you know, all my other fellow analyst classmates, you know, were cramming for that test later that summer, whereas I was, I think, fully prepared. So I don't know, I think it's somewhat ingrained in a lot of us, at least uh, being, you know, traditionally in athletics that there's that, that competitive aspect and you use it to your advantage, whatever, you know, however you can. Maybe a, a slight build on that uh, and going to your experience as, you know, uh, a baseball player and just a collegiate athlete, having gone through all of that, all of the failures, the trials, would you say, um, I guess, what would you say would be the biggest lesson that you took from everything? And how have you applied that into your working, into your profession, right? Is it just learning how to deal with failure or uh, is it something bigger for you? Yeah, I mean, I used to, I guess the question, David, uh, the biggest takeaway from like athletics, like that I've been bringing to the work, like to my yeah. career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, no shocker to you played with you both but I wasn't necessarily a collegiate star on the baseball field uh even though you know but I did always pride myself on working hard no matter the circumstances that were put in front of me um you know and obviously you know and that ended in or resulted in me winning the you know the teammate of the year award or um which I am proud of I think that's an important award and the coaches award and stuff at Yale for three different years. Um, and I think it spoke, you know, I, I was happy to get it, not to trying to gloat, but I, I, you know, or anything like that, but that is certainly always something I, I think I took away from the college experience was, you know, kind of hitting the teeth pretty early on that, okay, people are better than me at this and you can work hard and still not be as good as other people. Like work ethic isn't necessarily going to mean that you're better than somebody else, 
but it will put you it will put you in a position where eh, i'm trying to think of the best way to put it it's going to put folks in yourself in a position where you may again people might have better talents than you but you're still contributing to the broader goal the broader team in some regard that's super uh whether it's for the organization itself like you know there's folks who are always going to be better at math or excel or analytics than than you there you know but that doesn't excuse you from figuring out ways to help your organization in potentially other ways um so i i, I found that in my career as well i don't necessarily think that i am the most um or the best excel or, or analytics guy out there but i do take it upon myself to put together materials you know forward thinking being proactive um without being asked hey you should hey can we get this together can we put this together for clients i've always been pretty happy or, or at least motivated to do those things early on and again i think that just speaks to my college experience i felt that it was incumbent upon myself that i was given an opportunity to play baseball at one of the best institutions in the world and I felt that it would have been wrong for me to not be working as hard as possible, give that opportunity on the baseball field. You know, that baseball is what gave me that opportunity. And then, yeah, again, I guess, yes, taking that to the career where, you know, folks in my industry are extremely blessed to make the money that we make. So again, translating that into this, into my career, I feel it certainly coming upon myself to work very, very hard at what I do because not working hard at what I do is a slap in the face to those folks who don't have the opportunities that I have, you know, it, to just take the, to take the check uh, and to kind of just walk through life is unfair to them. It, it, it's, you need to work hard um, no matter what you do. If you're not the best, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, again, it's paying your dues to the, to not just, you know, those before you, but those, you know, around you and those that come after uh, and ensuring that you're just, you know, whether it's making the organization better or the world better. I don't know that I know that all sounds <laughs> a little cliche, but I do. I, I truly do believe it in my bones. And I know, uh, you know, when you're not playing, it's, it's really easy to just not work. It's easy to, to blame the coaches and to say, I'm not getting enough playing time, this or that. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, if you're not, you got to still put in that work because you owe it to your teammates, you owe it to the coaches that, that give you this opportunity. Yeah. I love the perseverance. So you're obviously, you've stayed in the same career path. You've done really well. You mentioned that financially it is rewarding. Is this long-term Joe? Are you debt capital market Joe? Or how do you, how do you think about that? And I think like also, I mean, you just, you just got done with your MBA, right? You went to Michigan. Um, that seemed like it was a really cool program. I think that probably ties into that. And oftentimes, as I'm sure people will start to see is, you know, that could mean total career pivot. That can mean a continuation. Um, so interested, like what the thought was behind that too, and what that could mean for your career. Yeah. Um, no, nah, the MBA program is great. Shout out to Michigan. Go blue. Uh, finally have a sports team that I can root for. No offense, Yale. Uh, <laughs> we have really, those got really good across, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I mean, 
it's definitely not a it wasn't a career switching thing um it was a part-time program online so that was certainly a mix because it allowed me to pay for the program as i worked and i didn't want to give up the progress i made in my career by taking a you know kind of a two-year sabbatical in a lot of ways uh so yeah, it definitely wasn't a pivot away from what I'm doing. Uh, I really like, again, I, I actually really do enjoy what I do. Mostly, uh, I think the people. Um, I've always worked with good people so far. Like the cultures that I've been a part of have been outstanding. Um, and I, I, you know, it's it's tough for me to to leave those types of environments because you know, uh, grass is always greener. You don't want to leave an environment that's you you work well with people and you have really good relationships. I also really enjoy that client relationship aspect. That's a huge part of what we do is developing relationships with clients and getting to a point where they put their trust in you, where you're there, but they're coming to you, you know, kind of first uh, in terms of trusted advisor. So I, I liked that type of aspect and building those relationships and, and deepening them throughout my career. Uh, I've always enjoyed seeing it, you know, going to a meeting and seeing a folk, you know, someone on my team and someone, you know, sitting across the table from the company and they've known each other for 15, 20 years. Uh, you know, it's something that I look forward to. Um, and thirdly, you know, it, it is a challenging job. It's, you know, being, especially right now with, you know, the way the economy and markets are, it's, there's, it's never boring. Uh, and you're constantly kind of challenged to, to push yourself in terms of learning. So, but at the same time, I, I do enjoy the other side of the table. I, I, you know, that's why I got the MBAs to better understand what folks like David do on a day-to-day -day basis, um, you know, at a traditional corporate and maybe at some point, yeah, down the road, I, I'm sitting on the other side of the table being a, you know, a CFO or, or something along those lines and, and having bankers come and talk to me versus vice versa. So uh, that was definitely a reason behind it, but it wasn't a pure... I'm doing this to, to get out. And I think that will, a large portion of the online or part-time mm -hmm. MBA probably in line with my, my line of thinking. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, a lot of like doctors or, um, who are kind of trying to just get a little bit of sense of the business side of thing, you know, people who are done, you know, or have done operations for a long time. And now they want to understand a little bit more about the finance part of the business. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was great. I, I would, People who are thinking about an MBA, it's uh, I would definitely recommend that program um, highly. So, I, I think it's interesting. I've seen both, right? I've seen people uh, stop their careers and go full time MBA and yeah. go all in towards I'm going to pivot. Uh, yeah. As you, I didn't even think about it, but as you mentioned the part time, the two two people come up who I know have done it, who are continuing their careers and just see it as an opportunity to learn other areas of the business. So, like someone going into product who might want to be a general manager one day and needs to understand the marketing and go to market side a little bit more. Um, another person who started in oil and gas has moved into more like sustainable energy and wants to continue to move up in leadership and sees like an adapting, uh, constantly evolving industry. So it seems like the part-time program is more um, relationships. I think they're both relationships, but yeah. Not necessarily wanting to completely pivot, but wanting to start learning more about different areas of business and industries and things like that. Yeah, I mean, my, yeah, I, like, I had no operations experience whatsoever. So taking those classes or marketing classes, I, you know, I really enjoyed. Um, I'm terrible at operations, so I'll never go in operations. Uh, but marketing, I, you know, no, those are, it was nice to learn those things. Because again, I 
would not have that those touch points unless I you know went and got a degree. Are you worse at marketing or golf? Would you say? Um, hmm, that's tough. Uh, golf is it's an air, area and opportunity. Area of opportunity. Area, two areas of opportunity. Golf is just a golf's very volatile right now. That's that's the only thing. It's some days it's just like really, the markets. Well, it's just like two weeks ago I had my best forever, and then this past weekend was the worst golf I had in two years. So it's like you gotta love what it. Am I supposed to do with that? All right. What more? More importantly, more importantly, you mentioned uh, there was there was one more question I had on this like talk track. So you you said I did part time because I didn't want to give up. Uh, the job and the career progression and path and where you were, but there's only 24 hours a day. You had to give up something, right? How, how did you, like, did you give up nights? Did you give up weekends? How the hell did you balance this? Cause I, that it's not just the financial commitment. It's also yeah. this, this time. Right. And so I, I'm just really interested in how you decided to do that, how you balanced. No, it's, it was a lot of time. Um, there's, there's no getting around that for sure. Uh, I mean, the good and the, the nice thing about the, program was you can it's very flexible um i did it in a very in a expedited manner um so i did it i finished in like two and a half years you can take you can extend it as long as 10 years uh you know literally just like one class at a time um but yeah luckily they had you now it was you know virtually there are classes like our live classroom time uh was at eight o'clock at night so I would literally just come home from work and then go right to class uh, for, I think they were hour and a half classes, if I remember correctly, um, which is bad because I only finished like six months ago. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, and then weekends, yeah, I mean, you just had to give up some social time that you otherwise probably would have had, uh, you know, during the summer, I was still taking classes. And yeah, so when you're like right now on vacation, I probably would have been doing some type of homework during the, the, this time to, you know, get through things. Um, now it was, but it was, it was fun to be at that around that group because again, just going back to all that, I guess I long and short of it is I enjoy being around people who push and challenge themselves, uh, you know, being on the baseball team, everybody was pushing and challenging themselves, being at in the finance world, everybody's pushing and challenging themselves. And then the MBA program, similarly, like just really interesting folks, people who had two kids, uh, people who just had their first kid for just people who are still in the military or people who just got out of the military doctors who are going into kind of the business, you know, the hospital management side of things. Um, people who were going to switch their careers who that, you know, who ultimately actually, use the, the part-time program and, and made it into a full-time program for themselves and then switch careers entirely. So super diverse group of people. Um, but again, yeah, people willing to push themselves. Uh, it was just fun to be around for those like two and a half years and connecting with them. Uh, it was definitely worthwhile. I mean, yeah, the financial and the, and the time aspect are, are certainly large investments, but I, I did find it actually worthwhile in, in the end. Any uh, any other certifications coming <laughs> down down the pipe? Yeah, I'm sure. As my as Maria, my wife, you know, uh, yeah, I'm not good at I'm not good at sitting on my hands. So I'm sure I'll figure out in a couple months. Probably sign up for like another marathon or something. And <laughs> have, you got, have you done a marathon? I've done a mar I've done the New York marathon, and then I just ran uh, an ultra marathon in April or yeah April. You ran an ultra marathon? Yep, thir 31 miles. 
in like uh nike air max pros or what did you run them in uh uh what are they called um i'll have to edit out that curse word uh <laughs> um roca roca right oh, i yeah, think that's yeah, yeah yeah those are good yeah. what um obviously you're getting into like marathons ultra marathons golf right is it the thrill of sport that like keeps pushing you to all this stuff did you ever think about like hanging everything up completely after baseball and just focusing on work and family and relationships like what it, what has drawn you to do some of these like arguably crazy things yeah i don't know i guess again it just goes but i like i guess i just i feel i can i feel like i consistently owe something um you know, my, I, I think my parents are the two hardest working people ever, and they've done so much for me. So I'm constantly trying to, if I'm not doing something hard, I feel like I'm just not contributing to something, whether it's my body physically, whether it's my family through the career that I chose, uh, whether it's going to see friends and trying to continue relationships. I, I constantly like, you know, punching my card in there you know, day in and day out. And yeah, like the ultra marathon community was super attractive to me once I learned about them and just what they do to push their bodies mentally and physically, I found extremely um, inviting in a lot of ways, you know, I it's, you know, the way they always describe it, and they put it is, you know, everybody can run. Um, it's not, uh, it's not really, it's not so much physical, it's so much mental. And, and again, you know, pushing yourself to, to a limit that you didn't think was possible. Uh, and I'm not even doing nearly the stuff that they do. And I'm not even saying that I try to do what they're doing, but just to get a little bit of a taste of it, uh, you know, again, I, I guess I'm just attracted to that idea of consistently ensuring that I'm not just sitting on my hands and I'm doing something to, again, whether it's pushing my mind or physical body forward or helping my family in some way or friends, all those different things. Um, those types of communities and those activities are, are what attract me, I think. Then, then again, I've watched The Office uh, about 20 times. So I, I don't want people thinking I'm out there like consistently doing things. I've watched about, you know, as Maria says, the TV is always on in our house. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, so you're either I, running or watching The Office now that, yeah. now that you're done with school. <laughs> uh, I, I guess. Oh, go ahead, Toops. Uh, no, I was just going to say real quick, because you brought up relationships, right? And and I know those who know you best know that you place such a value on relationships. And that's something that we all like really acknowledge. And you make the effort, you punch your card, like you said, you know, you are so committed. And you also talked about pushing yourself and pushing others around you. I guess now that you know, you're you know, really successful in your career and, and running teams of your own, I guess, how, how have you become a, uh, maybe a mentor to those around you and, and who are some of those, those mentors that you have in your life and, and maybe some common threads between the two? Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing I, 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 I'm still in that learning process of how to be a mentor and a manager for sure. Um, I think that's probably the most been the most challenging thing in my career so far. Um, 
because so far, at least the way I've approached that type of that responsibility and career has been through actions. I would, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I do think that people below me, you know, in terms of hierarchy, um, they recognize that and they do always come to approach me, Joe, I, you know, I see you, you, know, you kind of do all these this work proactively, you know, how can I get better at doing those things? And I definitely try to impart that on them. Uh, I think that's probably the way I've gone about it, but that's also a hindrance. I think sometimes on, on my ability to be an effective manager, because I've, I have found it difficult to give up things give up control um to say here you take this project and run with it um because i'm ultimately comfortable doing the work myself and so that's been a big learning curve or at least uh, not learning curve but learning opportunity or hurdle whatever you want to call it uh so far in my career and i'm like i said i'm still working on it it's still a challenge for me the mba program is certainly taught lot of how to be an effective positive manager so yeah I'm still thinking through that I mean those that were my mentors so far in my career have been those people that I saw be grinders you know on the road traveling developing relationships and not really um, putting their foot on the brake which again has helped me uh, in terms of one aspect of my career but I probably still need to work and you know find and find those individuals who are good, uh, effective, you know, task managers or uh, delegators, uh, because that's certainly an aspect I, I, I still need to work on. But yeah. Yeah, Joe, we're, so we're getting close to time here. I, the, the last thing I kind of wanted to ask you was clearly you continually take initiative, new initiatives from ultra marathon to MBAs, think, things like that. I, from my perspective, you were the one who kind of jump started us on this podcast journey you know i think i think you being kind of the the lead into this why you know and like like what what else do you want to do you know you have so much going on you've crushing your career you have an amazing life uh you way out kicked your coverage there obviously uh, you still suck at golf you're not gonna get any better there but like you do a <laughs> lot of great things uh and that's saying come a lot for me because i hate complimenting you but you know why yeah um i i mean i think uh, all of us and I don't know I probably you in more particular Chris I, I don't know I think we've talked about in the past and I think going through the the these things in life and um having these opportunities I just I find this not to use the same word but a new opportunity to help those before us and those with us and those who are older than us try to navigate a lot of these different paths um I think we do have a lot of knowledge and we have a lot of connections with really interesting people um, from a, a wide swath of careers and, and where they're at in their life. And I, I would find it difficult or it would, you know, it's a, a lot, again, it's on us, I think, to just help folks and to, and given the, the opportunities we've been given to try and, you know, you know, give some of that or, you know, give some of that back um, to the community at large, I think is super important. Um, again, yeah, people that we knew from school, the people that we know in our careers, people we know are friends or family. I mean, it, the list goes on. It's um, we, us three are, are going to be a very, very small part of this larger community. And 
you know, this is just the beginnings of, I think, a, a much larger opportunity set at hand. And I'm just really looking forward to leveraging that and talking to really cool people um, and seeing where they're at in their careers and, you know, the advice that they would give to people, because I think it's going to be super helpful to a lot of people. Love it, man. Wrap us up, Tubes. I mean, what a perfect way to close there. I don't, I don't know if I can even add anything else to that. No, I mean, again, great talking through uh, today, Joe, and diving into a little bit more. You know, we'll obviously continue to piece this out as we uh, as we go along. But I think that that'll do it for us tonight on other than sports. And looking forward to the the next installment. But in the meantime, y'all have a good one. Enjoy right. it. Enjoy vacation, Joe. Thank you. I'm going to go. Oh, all right. Take out. <laughs> Thank you.